0: hello and welcome to another episode of quilt buzz the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. i'm amanda of broadclaw studio and i'm joined by wendy the weekend quilter hey and our special guest at Sushi of Sashiko Story and Upcycle Stitches. Hello. Um, now, before we jump into all the stitching fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself at Sushi?
1: Yes, um, I am the Sashiko storyteller and artisan. I call myself like that. I do not call myself artisan at this mo- at this point, uh, but I do sashiko stitching that form of the Japanese hand stitching for the many purposes.
2: So you have two business accounts on Instagram, so it's Sashiko Story
1: and Upcycle
2: Stitches. Could you tell us a little bit of the story behind the two names and why the two separate accounts?
1: Um, The Upcycle Stitches is the company's name that I operate in the US. I sell the supplies, I teach Sashiko classes, I have the um, business around that name. At the same time, I realized that there are a lot of stories required to share in this uh, stitching world because the Sashiko introduced in English is not wrong, but not enough. It's not enough. It's not well um, explained. It's not fully Mm. explained. So I decided to separate those business and also the cultural contents. And the Sashiko story is the account where I share the stories about culture, what is Sashiko? Why Sashiko? And those other things related, related to the Sashiko stitching.
0: Now, that's a good segue into, before we kind of dive into your own story and your own journey, um, can you tell us more about what Sashiko is and its origins, um, especially for our listeners that might not be
1: familiar with the art? Sure. Um, sashiko is just the hand stitching form that developed in Japan. Um, many people are probably asking for the definition, but there's not that definition so much. But the Japanese people back in, let's say 300 years ago, 400 years ago, they had to stitch for their survival in the very harsh conditions with the limited resources. Like in the northern, northern part of Japan or the Japanese cities in the mountains, they did not have enough resources to replace the fabric or replace the garment. Uh, instead of replacing it, they stitched first to make the fabric stronger. Um, we call that hand stitching process or actions or those practice as sashiko. And of course, over time, it changed its form and it became decorative stitching. Or it's um, it has changed its form, but the originally speaking, the sashiko is the stitching hand stitching form for Japanese people who had to stitch.
2: Hmm. You mentioned that it's become more of like a decorative stitching. Like there are different patterns and motifs uh, in the art. Is there any meaning or significance behind each of them?
1: Yes. Um, So we do stitch a lot of geometric patterns. Uh, it's not, a, we we don't call them sashiko patterns, which some people might call that, but it's not a sashiko patterns, it's the geometric patterns. There are a lot of geometric patterns. And then
2: mm-hmm. we
1: do have reasons we use that geometric patterns. Uh, one of the reason is that uh, the purpose of sashiko stitching is to make the fabric stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, if you stitch just one part and the other part empty, let's say you stitch some like a Buddha stuff, put a statue stitching, uh, it's gonna be like art, but at the same time, the way you stitch will be stronger and the way you didn't stitch would be weaker in comparison. In order to avoid that, we use a lot of geometric patterns which can be even across the fabric. So the fabric will not be weaker in particular, pa- particular part. Um, so based on that geometric, pa- geometric patterns, many people made th- apply those geometric patterns with the hope, with the wishing. Uh, some pattern has the uh, repellent to the evil spirit. Uh, some patterns wish for the wealth. Uh, you know, the, the, We have about 92 patterns with the variations and each of them has a name and name explains the meaning. The same times it's kind of interesting, but each region has different meaning as well. So we cannot really define the one answer It can be different meaning in the places they uh, practice Sashiko. So yes, each pattern has a meaning, but I like like to make sure that I can respect Mm. all of the meanings too. Mm.
2: And is there like a good sort of uh, resource or a place where we could sort of understand the uh, different sort of patterns? uh...
1: Yeah, my account. Is good. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone go,
0: go, go follow. <laughs> um, speaking of your Instagram account, you mentioned that you have been, um, that Sashiko has been part of your life since yes. you were born. Yes. Can you tell us more about your exposure to the art as a child and, you know, how it became part of your life as an adult? Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, before that, I would like to mention one thing. Um, so the Japanese people decided to discontinue Sashiko in this long history of that four hundred years. Um, we do not we do not have to stitch, right? Like after the industrial revolutions, the Japanese government decided to go to the west side. So as we became wealthier, they decided to discontinue Sashiko. Uh, they are a part of the Japan which they continue sashiko but like for my regions, my place, they decided to discontinue that. If you, they didn't have to stitch, they did not want to stitch. Around the 1960s after Japan became very wealthy, well about to be wealthy after World War II, uh, many Japanese people realized the beauty or the practice, the significance of their stitching. And there was a the movement of revival. And my family is one of those who revived Sashiko based on the informations they had or the pieces they had or teachers they had back then about 50, 60 years ago. And I was born in one of the family who revived Sashiko. And well, my grandmother revived it. and My father became the next heir. And since I was the first born child man, like male child, I was supposed to take over everything. So I was surrounded by Sashiko right after my birth, I guess. So I probably saw Sashiko before I saw my father's face. <laughs> so that's how I consider myself. Like, I, I'm not a, probably the best Sashiko stitcher, and I, I'm i not even trying to be the best stitcher. But I think I'm the well-experienced one in terms of looking at Sashiko. I have seen many people Sashiko... and. I think I don't know anybody else who hated Sashiko more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> but in order to hate, you have to know, you have to learn, you have yeah. to think about it. Uh, but that was my fate.
2: So you mentioned that, you know, your grandparents, you know, revived, uh, you know, the the art form. Like what, you know, led them to reintroduce it and revisit
1: my grandma's grandmother, so fifth generations ago, Mm-mm. she was a good sashiko practitioner. Well, she was very good at it. Uh, there were mm-hmm. about four students she had. And my grandmother kind of collected those four students and into make it one sort of piece of practice in my city. And it's not art, in my understanding. It's more like a practice mm-hmm. for their survival. Um, back in the, the 60 years ago, 50 years ago, the, we didn't have any internet. We didn't have any convenience store. We didn't have any yeah, gas stand. So many people were looking for jobs back then over the winter, especially because over the summer, they could do the farming. But over the winter, they had nothing to do. My family decided to make a kind of sustainable system to pass down the culture as well as to protect this Um, technique or wisdom while providing some work to them which they took the way of hiding everything keeping everything secret Uh, that's a smart way that's a very smart way to do so they never show they never told i guess i was not allowed to teach until really recently well they don't still allow me but we kind of split it so (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you mentioned that you know you came to a point where you truly hated mm-hmm. Sashiko. How did you come from that moment to today?
1: It's very really recent, though, that I changed my mind, and and I was working in Tokyo right after my um, university. I came to the U.S. to study anything because I did not want to stay in Japan. Unfortunately, I got a job in Tokyo instead of the US. So I was in Tokyo, and my father called me up that he was about to kind of bankrupt the company. And I could say, screw it. I don't, you know, I didn't hate, I didn't like it anyway. So, like, go ahead, you can finish it. At the same time, back then, we had about 30, 40 artisans, and they were like my family, right? So, I could say bye to Sashiko, but I couldn't just say bye to those people, like my family. And I decided to go back to that family. But I was still thinking Sashiko as like a commodity or something to make money out of it. And in 2011, there was a big earthquake in Japan and uh, there was a big tsunami, tsunami hit the several cities. And there was a one city called Otsuchi and they started the community Business they call it community business, but they started the community gathering together by doing sashiko. Um, back then, with no electricity, no space, no machinery, sashiko was probably very good fit. That what they needed was the thread, needle, thimble, fabric, and the shoulder length, shoulder size of space. And they chose sashiko as the part of the um, community business. And I happen to be able to help them in terms of uh, building the business or even stitching um, the b- visit to their places for three months. I stayed there for three months to kind of teach or help them. Um, that three months of the stay, I heard no complaints from them. I mean, they, they can complain. They can say, you know, I don't deserve that or how unfair the life is. You know, the tsunami took something with no reasons. Of course it's not fair, but I have not heard any complaints. They all they only appreciate what I did and what I have brought to them. And I just realized I was very small that I kept complaining what I received as the fate for the last 30 years back then. And I started thinking, well, if this is something I received and this is some if this is something I can do, I probably should stop complaining. should Started accepting what I have then I start stitching more intensively not for the money not for anything else just for the you know fact that what is sashiko then I just start changing the perspective to the sashiko and I like it right now
2: so um what are sort of some of the common misconceptions in sashiko and uh what did you like what do you wish that people knew
1: Um, Sashiko is deeply related to the Japanese culture, because that has been practiced in Japan for a long time. Um, Probably the main question is what is the difference between the other hand-stitching culture? Like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of hand-stitching culture. Probably your ancestors are doing hand-stitching as well. Um, To answer that question, there is no difference. There is no difference between what your ancestors did and what I call Sashiko we had to stitch for some part of their life, that for living. Mm-hmm. Um, but sashiko is different from somebody's culture because it was born in Japan and was practiced by Japanese people based on their ritual, based on their belief and culture. So saying whatever is, a you know, this sashiko is just a form of hand stitching so I can do whatever, it's a true statement. It's not a wrong statement, but it's kind of sad especially when those statements comes from somebody who does not really know about Japanese culture. And that's something I would like them to rethink Uh, because right now many cultural issues are happening. Many people try to respect that and they always worry about if they are respecting enough. If you worry that if you are disrespecting the sashiko by doing sashiko, calling sashiko, don't worry about it. If that war is good enough to protect that but if you think that you know sashiko already enough to speak up or enough to tell others on behalf oh, that might be a little over that might be crossing the line especially if you do not know any japanese language or japanese culture and so that's the one thing i would like them to Acknowledge. They don't even have to learn or be master about it. I want them to acknowledge that there might be something they do not know. And unfortunately, the trend is very strong and sashiko is known as the mending technique. In fact, it's opposite. They stitched because they did not want to mend. So mending is, of course, a very important part of sashiko because they could not replace the fabric. But mending, pr- mending signified that they were challenged. They were challenged. Sorry, mending itself signified the fact that they had to stitch for their survival, which means that the more mending you had, the less wealthy you were. If you were wealthy enough, you didn't have to stitch. You didn't have to mend. You could replace that. So in order to hide that difficulties they try to stitch first so that fabric becomes much stronger so that they can have less mending. Um, That's why it's a little bit different from if when we celebrate mending as the visible mending and sashiko that word itself is not wrong but it loses the cultural story behind it because they did not want to mend which means they did not want to celebrate mending which is going to lead us to the conversation is suchko visible mending in fact we, when we know those stories it's going to be Sashiko is invisible mending right they try to mend it to hide it and in order to avoid hiding it they stitch first to make fabric stronger so
0: so would they ever work with you know brand new fabrics you mentioned at the beginning that you know it would it could be a bunch of different fabrics that they would stitch together to become stronger. Like with this idea of not wanting to mend fabrics, I guess I'm trying to understand at what point in the process the sashiko would be done. Any, maybe I'm... Any
1: process they had plain fabric. Um, we kind of imagine the fabric as something we can purchase from, from the store, right? we can buy, like let's say, a yard or two yards. That wouldn't be the case probably back then. They probably received some fabric from some people or they found it somewhere, um, or passed, received from some parents or grandparents. Uh, it usually was stitched already, but if they received some plain fabric, they would add it first, stitching, to make the fabric stronger. And of course, of course that's going to require mending. So they kept patching or um, connecting the fabric, they kept stitching over that. And that's the the result of those repeti- repetitive sashiko stitching is called boro, if you know that word. So boro is not a technique. Boro is just one result of those uh, repetitive stitching.
2: Like with the different stitching as well, um, like, you know, we talked about how they have different meanings, um, but do they like each sort of different type of stitch provides uh, more strength than the other? And would you use like those, like maybe like a specific stitch with like a specific type of fabric that you're working with?
1: Mm. We do not have technique to make the fabric stronger or weaker. Mm-hmm. We we have very basic. St- we don't have that much technique. We have very basic st- stitching technique. Mm-hmm. And the difference is probably the materials. They um, back then, of course, they did not have enough materials. They probably didn't have cotton either. So it, we have to check which which period of the timeline we are looking at, but. Um, at least for my sashiko, this, what we do care about is not the technique, but more like the materials we use. So, the thread <laughs> is, well, many people say that we can use any thread for sashiko stitching, and that statement itself is true, but uh, it makes a lot of difference when we use the specific sashiko thread um, because of the purpose of thread. Uh, what is, you know, Not many people think about the purpose of a thread, but when we think about the purpose of a thread, it's probably the two to make fabric more beautiful, like embroidery, or to bind two fabric together, like making dress or making, you know, patchwork. You bind two pieces of fabric together. That's the purpose of thread. Our sashiko thread is not for that. Of course, you can use it for those two purposes, but the sashiko thread we use, Uh, The purpose for that thread is to be part of the fabric over time uh, by catching the other fabric. And the more you use the fabric, the more you use the thread, it's going to be the part of the fabric. And as a result, it's going to be more stronger over time. Uh, That's the kind of significance of our sashiko. And that's the reason I keep saying the thread matters. Um, It makes a lot of difference.
0: So for someone who's interested in trying Sashiko for the first time, you mentioned that the thread is very important as well as to give consideration to um, fabric. What kind of would be your best tips or tricks for sourcing materials or and even for starting on your
1: own? Well, if the one can afford, I want them to try what we use. Unfortunately, ours are not that um, we it is reasonable, but it's not affordable to everybody because we're trying to protect the small manufacturers and the sustainability is very important for us. Uh, this culture ends when the supplier decided to close their business. That's what we kind of have seen already. So we're trying to kind of help those people. Not a help, but we, we would like to contribute to do that. So it's not a mass produced, it's not available to everybody. I We cannot do the wholesale because it's simply not enough to do that. Um, as the result, it's not easy to get our supplies outside of the U.S. Um, it, it's not that easy. It's not everywhere. So... If you can afford if you can reach out if you can get it, uh, try to check the upcycle stitches and we have limited numbers, but we do have several thread for sale, and that you will probably find a valid difference in thread If you can't try to use this thread made in Japan ideally and I'm not going to say, like, if you don't use this thread, I'm, you shouldn't call it such Many people don't understand that. Uh, you can use any thread, any fabric. Don't don't be scared to use any thread. The point is that I want them to know that there's a difference. And you, look, someone saying that I can use whatever thread is not sustainable from both cultural and material. Um, I know this thread is better. I know this thread is more uh, appropriate. But since I, you know, what I do is this one. I choose to this one. I choose to this specific thread. Is my understand that? I mean, if you have like a pile of thread, I don't want you to buy new thread. But if the purpose of stitching itself is to sincerely respect the fabric or sashiko for that matter, um, just try to do that. I mean, it's gonna pay off. To be honest. Ah, uh, once you stitch the fabric with our sashiko thread, it's gonna be good for at least a few years—ten years, twenty years, thirty years, probably fifty years. So in that long run, I don't think it's a—you know—it's not a big. It's—I it's, think it's a small investment for that, especially if you're spending like tens hours of, you know, ten hours, <laughs> hours of yeah. stitching. I, I would rather to use a good thread. But I can't even say, I will, I even say I guarantee that, so, you know.
0: And I think I remember this from the, I took a workshop with you at the last QuiltCon, but the thread, when it's introduced to water and washing, the correct thread, does, it changes, right? It kind of melds, that's part of what makes the fabric yes. stronger. Oh. Yeah.
1: So, I feel like there was a magic trick in class. <laughs> it was is magic. Thing it's, it's, thing. it's like a magic. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> you, 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 you remember it correctly. Uh, we do not make knot when we stop stitching. We do not make knot. Huh? But it stops. That's magic, right? Like you have to make a yes, knot <laughs> in the beginning of stitching and end of the stitching. You have to make a knot to finish. Yeah. It. We don't. In most cases, we don't. The reason is that we did not have the in a fabric, uh, we did not want to show off that we are non- not wealthy enough to replace the fabric. So we wanted to make both sides of the fabric as the finished side. But if you have a knot everywhere, that means that this is the wrong side of the fabric, hiding side of the fabric, and the other side is the front showing side. We did not want to distinguish that. At least we wanted to hide that. As a the result, they developed the technique or skill for that, to avoid those knots. We call it kasane. And in order to activate kasane, uh, using our thread is probably the best idea to do it. The magic magic is that um, our thread will untangle in the water because of its unique twist. And in the water where the kasane is, they kind of get like this. <laughs> help me out. <laughs> help me out. <laughs> so in the water, they still dancing all together. All twisted.
0: They all retwist in their own. They they
1: get drunk theater. in the water. They 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 get they do party in the water, and then in the process of drying, they get sober. As a the result, they kind of. But you know, you happen to be married with somebody after that, so they got stuck. Everything's happy. Everybody's happy, right? In the party, like that's the, you. That was two separate thread. Uh, they in the water. They got drunk. and the next morning, they were married. But that's how this world works. Unfortunately, sometimes without this thread, it does not work. Uh, I, I don't want. I don't want to use any analogy with that idea. But uh, you know, I don't want to say you married the wrong person. The point is. <laughs> the point is that. The, the point is that by using the thread with a purpose, fully understanding purpose, those magic, those miracles can happen. And I mean, again, you can make knots. You can make knots. You don't have to worry about those things. It's perfectly fine to not to even know it. However, defining that a requires is not is not wrong, but it's explaining very, it's skimming the culture. And I, that's what I'd like to avoid that.
2: Uh, so, yeah, like, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, like, Shashiko has been, you know, you're part of your whole life. You know, what are some of your predictions for the future of Shashiko?
1: It's a very good question. And I often say that it is too late for me to speak up what Shashiko is. And that's not my word. There are several Japanese people, the, those several non-Japanese people who has been doing Shashiko for the last 40 years, 50 years, uh, when we talk about it, they kind of make fun of it and they get disappointed that Atsushi, you were 10 years late, or 20 years late for that matter. You were supposed to be doing exactly the same thing as you're doing right now, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And Sashiko has been defined already in this world. Uh, they can choose the uh, what they want to find is going to be the answer. And, Internet makes it possible, like you can find your favorite answers if you keep googling enough. Uh, you can just give up the uncomfortable answer and then just you know try to find somebody else who's saying a completely opposite thing. Um, I do not think it's too late. Only one one only under one condition: if we are okay with uh, experiencing the pain, if we are not scared of hurting myself. I think it's not too late to speak up. But what I say is already a piece of rock in the big trend of the water river. Like I, I'm making a little kickback, but it's already not the mainstream. And many people choose to not to listen to what I say because it can be inconvenient. So Sashiko's future, um, in a good way, well, I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I think Sashiko will be very different form of stitching in some part of the world. Um, especially Japanese people, many Japanese people do not speak English. And those people's voice will be lost. Uh, in the big picture. Uh, but just in case that somebody in 30 years from now, 20 years from now, wants to know what was really going on. Then... I would like to make sure to leave every single possible voices available for them to rethink about it. I don't think I am here to change anything. I don't if they don't want to listen to what I say, I cannot change them. I cannot make them to listen to what I'm saying. But I would like to make sure to leave all the stories behind so that they can come back to that. Um, They will find out why, like, why do we have to, Make knots? Why is this piece have no knots yet they're saying that we have to make knots? Why is this Sashiko Stitches fabric last long for 200 years but not this one? So there is going to be a lot of um, questions in the future and what I like to do is to keep, to leave the stories behind along with my stitching as the video. But for the future wise, they will. Either apply this word sashiko to everything possible to uh, advocate what they want, either sustainability or slow fashion or art, meditative. There are a lot of like words behind sashiko at this moment already, and that's not something I can control. So sashiko will be something different in the future, and I hope that there are going to be enough people who can distinguish the new Sashiko and the Sashiko I've been talking about. It's going to be like sushi. you know. Sushi in the US and in Japan is a completely different thing.
2: <laughs> like a California roll here. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, both of them are good. Both of them are good. Both of them are good. And I liked both sushi, but I just don't want the the problem of this analogy is that Sushi is a very established tradition, so there are a lot of sushi chefs who can do the original sushi in Japan. Sashiko, there might not be those left in 30 years to 40 years from now. Uh, so, I don't want the you know California roll as the only sushi in the world. So, that's the future I'm seeing. So, sashiko, if sashiko is going to be very popular in the future, that's the future. There's going to be new sashiko, which many you know, some people might not call it Sashiko. At the same times I want them to find their own name. They should have you know, if they want to respect their own heritage, they should have names similar to that. So um, that's the future or or another complete future is that they will probably forget about Sashiko. When the trend is over, those people who are sort of using the word Sashiko for their own purpose, they will move on to different things. Like ten years from now, they might be doing completely different thing and using completely different name. In that case, Sashiko will remain as is, and that's that's perfectly fine with me. Uh, but that's the projection of the future of Sashiko.
0: So it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready,
2: at Sushi? Yes. Okay, Wendy,
1: why don't you not to kick us off.
2: Okay, so what's your favorite time of day to Sashiko?
1: After everything, before I go into bed.
2: And where do you like to stitch?
1: In front of my TV screen.
2: And where do you dye your your threads?
1: In the garage or kitchen.
2: And do you wear shoes or slippers while stitching?
1: Nope. Just socks when it's cold.
2: And do you have a favorite sashiko pattern or motif?
1: Yes, uh, I like Asanoha pattern.
2: And is that your go-to or is there another it's pattern? It's my go-to.
1: It's go-to. the hemp leaf
2: motif. And what uh, stitching notion couldn't you live without? Thimble? Uh, do you have a favorite marking tool?
1: Oh Yes, the pencil. <laughs> the chalk pencil.
2: And uh, pre-wash? Like always? Sometimes? Never? It Depends. We've got just a... Just one more question for you. Actually,
0: no, we have two more questions for you. Um, first up are, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why?
1: Uh, one is Nana45. It's N-A dot underline 45, she is underline45. And she took my Sashiko class five or six years ago. And she's been stitching for that five, six years. And she has become very good that I even feel jealous or I f- like to be like her at this moment. And in order to understand what Sashuko is, following her photos, following her past and looking at f- her photos will make a lot of sense. And the second exhausted octopus as Ali. That's Ali. Okay. Um, she took the workshop as well last year or so, and she's been stitching. Intensively and mixing the quilting, so she could very nicely and interestingly. Um, by checking her post, I learned a lot. And the third account is Little Carter's Words. Um, she has been talking about the cultural issues, including cultural appropriation. Uh, I do not 100% agree with her. Uh, what she says is a pretty strong message. So I'm not saying she's the answer, but we can learn a lot about those issues from her writing. And th- I did not know the word cultural appropriation or those related terms until 2019. And ever since that I learned those words in a very painful way, uh, she has been the go-to place for me to learn what's going on with that.
2: Hmm. And before we sign off, uh, do you have any fun projects in the horizon that you're able to share with our listeners?
1: Yes, um, I started the gathering online, sashiko Gathering, I call it. I have been sharing the live streaming on Thursday night where you can watch my stitching without any editing, any hiding. Just, you know, in this internet world, we can hide or we can modify anything. I don't want to do that. So you can come and watch me stitching with any filters, and you can of course copy that if you want to. Uh, on top of that, I am now opening monthly such gathering that you can join, and you know if you have problem with me, you can bring it on there. If you have questions, <laughs> you can bring it on there. Um, but the goal for me is to leave as many stories with cultural significance as possible. So I do not plan. It is not my intention to make enemy or to judge somebody else. I just want them to know. I just want to make sure that I have enough stories to be acknowledged. So Mm. if you can join that, that'd be great. It's going to be Thursday night.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, On that note, we need to wrap today up. And we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio. Wendy. I'm at quilta And at Sushi.
1: Such a cool story.
0: Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you again soon.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.